0: Welcome to Aunt Blanche's Story Corner. I'm so glad you've chosen to visit me again in my special reading place as we come to the conclusion of our exciting adventure in the land of Oz. This will be the final episode in the story of The Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum. In our previous episode, Dorothy Toto, the Scarecrow, The Tin Woodman and the Cowardly Lion had returned to the Emerald City and met the Wizard of Oz, who turned out to be a simple little old man who was a total humbug and had been tricking the people into thinking he could do magic. He has, however, promised to give brains to the Scarecrow, a heart to the Tin Woodman, and courage to the Cowardly Lion but he's not at all sure whether he can get Dorothy back to Kansas or not. So, let's find out, if you have your listening ears ready and your imagination in focus as we read about The Magic Art of the Great Humbug in The Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum. Next morning the scarecrow said to his friends, "'Congratulate me. "'I'm going to get my brains at last. "'When I return, I shall be as other men are.'" "'I've always liked you as you were,' said Dorothy simply. "'It's a kind thing of you to say "'that you like a scarecrow,' he replied, "'but surely you will think more of me "'when you hear the splendid thoughts "'my new brain is going to turn out.'" and he said good to them all in a cheerful voice and went to the throne room where he rapped upon the door. "'Come in,' said Oz. The Scarecrow went in and found the little man sitting down by the window, engaged in deep thought. "'I've come for my brains,' remarked the Scarecrow a little uneasily. "'Oh, yes. Sit down in that chair, please.' replied Oz. You must excuse me for taking your head off, but I shall have to do it in order to put your brains in their proper place. That's all right, said the Scarecrow. You're quite welcome to take my head off, as long as it'll be a better one when you put it on again. So the wizard unfastened his head and emptied out the straw when he entered the back room and took up a measure of bran, which he mixed with a great many pins and needles. Then, having shaken them together thoroughly, he filled the top of the scarecrow's head with the mixture and stuffed the rest of the space with straw to hold it in place. When he'd fastened the scarecrow's head on his body again, he said to him, Hereafter, you will be a great man, for I have given you a lot of brand-new brains. The scarecrow was both pleased and proud at the fulfillment of his greatest wish, and having thanked Oz warmly, he went back to his friends. Dorothy looked at him curiously. His head was quite bulged out at the top with brains. How do you feel? she asked. "'I feel wise indeed,' he answered earnestly. "'When I get used to my brains, I shall know everything.' "'Why are those needles and pins sticking out of your head?' asked the tin woodman. "'That's proof that he's sharp,' remarked the lion. "'Well, I must go to Oz and get my heart,' said the woodman. So he walked to the throne room and knocked on the door. "'Come in,' called Oz, and the woodman entered and said, "'I have come for my heart.' "'Very well,' answered the little man, "'but I shall have to cut a hole in your breast "'so I can put the heart in the right place. "'I hope it won't hurt you.' "'Oh, no,' answered the woodman. "'I shall not feel it at all.' "'So,' Oz brought a pair of tinner shears and cut a small square hole in the left side of the Tin woodman's breast. Then, going to a chest of drawers, he took out a pretty heart, made entirely of silk and stuffed with sawdust. "'Isn't it a beauty?' he asked. Oh, "'It is indeed,' replied the woodman, who was greatly pleased. "'But—' "'Is it a kind heart?' "'Oh, very,' answered Oz. He put the heart in the woodman's breast and then replaced the square of ten, soldering it neatly together where it had been cut. "'There,' he said, "'now you have a heart that any man might be proud of. "'I'm sorry I had to put a patch on your breast, "'but it really couldn't be helped.' Never mind the patch, exclaimed the happy woodman. I'm very grateful to you and shall never forget your kindness. Don't speak of it, replied Oz. Then the tin woodman went back to his friends, who wished him every joy on account of his good fortune. The lion now walked to the throne room and knocked on the door. Come in, said Oz. Uh, I've come for my courage, announced the lion entering the room. Very well, answered the little man, I will get it for you. He went to a cupboard, and reaching up on a high shelf, took down a square green bottle, the contents of which he poured into a green gold dish, beautifully carved. Placing this before the cowardly lion, who sniffed at it, as if he did not like it. The wizard said, Drink. What is it? asked the lion. Well, answered Oz, if it were inside you, it would be courage. You know, of course, that courage is always inside one, so that this really cannot be called courage until you have swallowed it. Therefore, I advise you to drink it as soon as possible. The lion hesitated no longer, but drank till the dish was empty. How do you feel? asked Oz. Full of courage, replied the lion, who went joyfully back to his friends to tell them of his good fortune. Oz, left to himself, smiled to think of his success in giving the scarecrow and the tin woodman and the lion exactly what they thought they wanted. "'How can I help being a humbug,' he said, "'when all these people make me do things that everybody knows can't be done?' It was easy to make the scarecrow and the lion and the woodman happy, because they imagined I could do anything. But it will take more imagination to carry Dorothy back to Kansas, and I'm sure I don't know how it can be done. How the Balloon Was Launched Chapter 17 For three days, Dorothy heard nothing from Oz. These were sad days for the little girl, although her friends were quite happy and contented. The scarecrow told them there were wonderful thoughts in his head, but he wouldn't say what they were because he knew no one would understand them but himself. When the tin woodman walked about, he felt his heart rattling around in his breast, and he told Dorothy he had discovered it to be kinder and more tender than the heart he had when he was made of flesh. The lion declared he was afraid of nothing on earth and would gladly face an army of men or a dozen of the fierce Kalidaz. Thus each of the little party was satisfied, except Dorothy, who longed more than ever to get back to Kansas. On the fourth day, to her great joy, Oz sent for her. And when she entered the throne room, he said pleasantly, "'Sit down, my dear. "'I think I've found the way to get you out of this country. "'And back to Kansas?' she asked eagerly. "'Well, I'm not sure about Kansas,' said Oz, "'for I haven't the faintest notion which way it lies. "'But the first thing to do is to cross the desert, "'and then it should be easy to find your way home.' "'How can I cross the desert?' She inquired. Well, I'll tell you what I think, said the little man. You see, when I came to this country, it was in a balloon. You also came through the air, being carried by a cyclone. So I believe the best way to get across the desert will be through the air. Now, it is quite beyond my powers to make a cyclone. But I've been thinking the matter over, and I believe I can make a balloon. How? "'asked Dorothy. "'A balloon,' said Oz, "'is made of silk, "'which is coated with glue to keep the gas in it. "'I have plenty of silk in the palace, "'so it'll be no problem to make the balloon. "'But in all this country there's no gas "'to fill the balloon with to make it float.' "'If it won't float,' remarked Dorothy, "'it will be of no use to us.' "'True,' answered Oz. "'but there is another way to make it float, which is to fill it with hot air. "'Hot air isn't as good as gas, for if the air should get cold, "'the balloon would come down in the desert and we should be lost.' "'We!' exclaimed the girl. "'Are you going with me?' "'Yes, of course,' replied Oz. "'I'm tired of being such a humbug. "'If I should ever go out of this palace, my people would soon discover I'm not a wizard.' And then they'd be vexed with me for having deceived them, so I've had to say "Shut up in these rooms all day, and it gets tiresome. I'd much rather go back to Kansas with you and be in a circus again. I shall be glad to have your company, said Dorothy. Thank you, he answered Now, if you will help me sew the silk together, we will begin our work. On the balloon. Soon it was all ready. Oz sent word to his people that he was going to make a visit to a great brother wizard who lived in the clouds. The news spread rapidly throughout the city, and everyone came to see the wonderful sight. Oz ordered the balloon carried out in front of the palace and the people gazed upon it with much curiosity. The tin woodman had chopped a big pile of wood, and now he made a fire of it, and Oz held the bottom of the balloon over the fire so that the hot air that arose from it would be caught in the silken bag. Gradually the balloon swelled out and rose into the air until finally the basket just touched the ground. Then Oz got in the basket and said to all the people in a loud voice, I am now going away to make a visit. While I am gone, the scarecrow will rule over you. I command you to obey him as you would obey me. The balloon by this time was tugging hard at the rope that held on to the ground, for the air within it was hot, and this made it so much lighter in weight that the air within pulled hard to rise into the sky come dorothy cried the wizard hurry up or the balloon will fly away i can't find toto anywhere replied dorothy who didn't wish to leave her little dog behind Toto had run into the crowd to bark at a kitten, and Dorothy at last found him. She picked him up and ran toward the balloon. She was within a few steps of it, and Oz was holding out his hands to help her in the basket, when crack went the ropes, and the balloon rose into the air without her. "'Come back!' she screamed. "'I want to go, too!' "'I can't come back, my dear,' called Oz from the basket. "'Goodbye!' "'Goodbye!' shouted everyone, and all eyes were turned upward to where the wizard was riding in the basket, rising every moment farther and farther into the sky. And that was the last any of them ever saw of Oz, the wonderful wizard. Though he may have reached Omaha safely and be there now, for all we know, but the people remembered him lovingly, "'and said to one another, "'Oz was always our friend. "'When he was here, he built us this beautiful emerald city, "'and now he's gone and he's left the wise scarecrow to rule over us. "'Still for many days they grieved over the loss of the wonderful wizard "'and would not be comforted. "'Dorothy wept bitterly at the passing of her hope to get to Kansas again.' But when she thought it all over, she was glad she'd not gone up in the balloon. She also felt sorry at losing Oz, and so did her companions. The tin woodman came to her and said, "'Truly, I should be ungrateful if I had failed to mourn for the man who gave me my lovely heart. "'I should like to cry a little because Oz is gone.' if you will kindly wipe away my tears, so that I will not rust. With pleasure, she answered, and brought a towel at once. Then the tin woodman wept for several minutes, and she watched the tears carefully and wiped them away with the towel. When he'd finished, he thanked her kindly and oiled himself thoroughly with his jeweled oil can to guard against mishap. The Scarecrow was now the ruler of the Emerald City, and although he was not a wizard the people were proud of, for, they said, there's not another city in all the world that's ruled by a stuffed man. And so far as they knew, they were quite right. The morning after the balloon had gone up with Oz, the four travelers met in the throne room and talked matters over. The scarecrow sat in the big throne, and the others stood respectfully before him. "'We're not so unlucky,' said the new ruler, "'for this palace and the Emerald City belong to us, and we can do just as we please. "'When I remember that a short time ago I was on a pole in a farmer's cornfield, "'and that now I'm the ruler of this beautiful city, I'm quite satisfied with my lot.' I also said the Tin Woodman, am well pleased with my new heart, and really that was the only thing I wished for in all the world. For my part, I am content in knowing I am as brave as any beast that ever lived, if not braver," said the Lion modestly. "If Dorothy could only be content to live in the Emerald City," continued the Scarecrow. We might all be happy together. But I don't want to live here, cried Dorothy. I want to go to Kansas and live with Aunt Em and Uncle Henry. Is there no one who can help me? asked Dorothy earnestly. Glinda Might suggested the guard of the Emerald City. Who is Glinda? inquired the scarecrow. "'The Witch of the South. "'She's the most powerful of all the witches, "'and rules over the quadlings. "'Besides, her castle stands on the edge of the desert, "'so she may know a way to cross it.' "'Glinda is a good witch, isn't she?' asked the child. "'The quadlings think she's good,' said the soldier. "'And she's kind to everyone. "'I've heard that Glinda is a beautiful woman, "'who knows how to keep young in spite of the many years she's lived.' "'How can I get to her castle?' asked Dorothy. "'The road is straight to the south,' he answered, "'but it's said to be full of dangers to the travelers. "'There are wild beasts in the woods "'and a race of strange men "'who don't like strangers to cross their country. "'For this reason, no one uh, of the quadlings "'has ever come to the Emerald City.' "'The soldier then left them, and the scarecrow said,' "'It seems, in spite of dangers, that the best thing Dorothy can do "'is travel to the land of the South and ask Linda to help her. "'For if Dorothy, of course, uh, wants to go to Kansas, "'then it looks like that's what she's going to have to do.' "'You must have been thinking again,' remarked the Tin Woodman. "'I have,' said the Scarecrow. "'I shall go with Dorothy.' "'declared the lion, for I am tired of your city "'and long for the woods and the country again. "'I am really a wild beast, you know. Besides, Dorothy will need someone to protect her.' "'That is true,' agreed the woodman. "'My axe may be of service to her, "'so I also will go with her to the land of the south.' "'When shall we start?' asked the scarecrow. "'Are you going?' "'they asked in surprise. "'Certainly. "'If it wasn't for Dorothy, I should never have had brains. "'She lifted me from the pole in the cornfield "'and brought me to the Emerald City, "'so my good luck is all due to her, "'and I shall never leave her "'until she starts back to Kansas, for good and all.' "'Thank you,' said Dorothy gratefully. "'You are all very kind to me, "'but I should like to start as soon as possible.' The next morning, Dorothy kissed the pretty green girl goodbye, and they all shook hands with the soldiers, who had walked them as far as the gate. When the guardian of the gate saw them again, he wondered greatly that they could leave the beautiful city to get into trouble. But he at once unlocked their spectacles, which he put back into the green box and gave them many good wishes to carry with them. "'You're now our ruler,' he said to the Scarecrow, "'so you must come back to us as soon as possible.' "'I certainly will, if I'm able,' the Scarecrow replied, "'but I must help Dorothy get home first.' "'As Dorothy bade the good-natured guardian at last farewell,' she said, "'I've been very kindly treated in your lovely city, "'and everyone's been good to me. "'I cannot tell you how grateful I am.' "'Don't try, my dear.' he answered. "'We should like to keep you with us, "'but if it's your wish to return to Kansas, "'I hope you will find a way.'" "'Why don't you call the winged monkeys?' suggested the tin woodman. "'You have still the right to command them again.'" "'Very well,' she answered, "'and putting on the golden cap,' She uttered the magic words. The monkeys were as prompt as ever, and in a few moments the entire band stood before her. "'What are your commands?' inquired the king of the monkeys, bowing low. "'Take me to the land of Glinda, the good witch of the South.' The monkeys did just what they were asked to do and set them down near a farmhouse." The four travelers walked up to it and knocked at the door. It was opened by the farmer's wife, and when Dorothy asked for something to eat, the woman gave them all a good dinner, with three kinds of cake and four kinds of cookies and a bowl of milk for Toto. "'How far is it to the castle of Glinda?' asked the child. "'It's not a great way.' answered the farmer's wife. Take the road to the south, and you'll soon reach it. Thanking the good woman, they started afresh and walked by the fields and across the pretty bridges until they saw before them a beautiful castle. Before the gates were three young girls, dressed in handsome red uniforms trimmed with gold braid, and as Dorothy approached, one of them said to her, "'Why have you come to the South Country?' "'To see the good witch who rules here,' she answered. "'Will you take me to her?' "'Let me have your name, and I will ask Glinda if she will receive you.' They told who they were, and the girl soldier went into the castle. After a few moments, she came back to say that Dorothy and the others would be admitted at once. Before they went to see Glinda, however— They were taken to a room of the castle, where Dorothy washed her face and combed her hair, and the lion shook the dust out of his mane, and the scarecrow padded himself into his best shape, and the woodman polished his tin and oiled his joints. When they were all quite presentable, they followed the soldier girl into a big room where the witch Glinda sat upon a throne of rubies. She was both beautiful and young to their eyes. Her hair was a rich red in color and fell in flowing ringlets over her shoulders. Her dress was pure white, but her eyes were blue, and they looked kindly upon the little girl. "'What can I do for you, my child?' she asked. Dorothy told the witch all of her story, how the cyclone had brought her to the land of Oz— how she had found her companions and of the wonderful adventures they had met with my greatest wish now she added is to get back to Kansas for aunt Em will surely think something has happened to me that's dreadful and I will make her put on mourning and unless the crops are better this year than they were last I'm sure uncle Henry cannot afford it Glinda leaned forward and kissed the sweet, upturned face of the loving little girl. "'Bless your heart,' she said. "'I'm sure I can tell you of a way to get back to Kansas.' Then she added, "'But if I do, you must give me the golden cap.' "'Willingly,' exclaimed Dorothy. "'Indeed, it is of no use to me now. "'And when you have it, you can command the winged monkeys,' three times and i shall need their services just those three times answered glinda smiling dorothy then gave her the golden cap and the witch said to the scarecrow what will you do when dorothy has left us i will return to the emerald city he said for oz has made me its ruler and the people like me "'By means of the golden cap, "'I shall command the winged monkeys to carry you "'to the gates of the Emerald City,' said Glinda, "'for it would be a shame to deprive the people "'of so wonderful a ruler.' "'Am I really wonderful?' asked the Scarecrow. "'You are unusual,' replied Glinda. "'Turning to the tin woodman, she asked, "'What will become of you when Dorothy leaves this country?' He leaned on his axe and thought a moment. Then he said, "'The Winkies were very kind to me "'and wanted me to rule over them after the Wicked Witch died. "'I am fond of the Winkies, "'and if I could get back again to the country of the West, "'I should like nothing better than to rule over them forever.' "'My second command to the winged monkeys,' said Glinda will be that they carry you to safety in the land of the Winkies. Your brain may not be so large to look at as those of the Scarecrow, but you are really brighter than he is when you're well-polished, and I'm sure you will rule the Winkies wisely and well. Then the witch looked at the big, shaggy lion and asked, when Dorothy has returned to her own home, what will become of you? Over the hill of the Hammerheads, he answered, lies a grand old forest, and all of the beasts that live there have made me their king. If only I could get back to the forest, I would pass my life very happily there. By third command to the winged monkeys, said Glinda. "'shall be to carry you to the forest. "'Then, having used up the powers of the golden cap, "'I shall give it to the king of the monkeys, "'that he and his band may thereafter be free forevermore.' "'The scarecrow and the tin woodman and the lion "'now thanked the good witch earnestly for her kindness, "'and Dorothy exclaimed, "'You are certainly as good as you are beautiful.' "'But you've not yet told me how to get back to Kansas.' "'Your silver shoes will carry you over the desert,' replied Glinda. "'If you had known their power, you could have gone back to your Aunt Em "'the very first day you came to this country. "'But then I should not have had my wonderful brains,' cried the Scarecrow. "'I might have passed my whole life in the farmer's cornfield.' "'And I should not have had my lovely heart,' said the tin woodman. "'I might have stood and rusted in the forest till the end of the world.' and I should have lived a coward forever,' declared the lion, "'and no beast in all the forest would have had a good word to say for me.' "'This is all true,' said Dorothy, "'and I'm glad I was of use to these good friends.' But now that each of them has what he wanted most and is happy and having a kingdom to rule beside, I think I should like to go back to Kansas. The silver shoes, said the good witch, have wonderful powers, and one of the most curious things about them is that they can carry you to any place in the world in three steps, and each step will be made in the wink of an eye. All you have to do is to knock the heels together three times and command the shoes to carry you wherever you wish to go. If that is so, said the child joyfully, I will ask him to carry me back to Kansas at once. She threw her arms around the lion's neck and kissed him, patting his mid-head tenderly. Then she kissed the tin woodman, who was weeping in a most dangerous way to his joints. But she hugged the soft, stuffed body of the scarecrow in her arms, instead of kissing his painted face, and found she was crying herself at this sorrowful parting from her loving comrades. Glinda the Good stepped down from her ruby throne to give the little girl a goodbye kiss— and Dorothy thanked her for all the kindness she'd shown to her friends and herself. Dorothy now took Toto up solemnly in her arms, and having said one last goodbye, she clapped the heels of her shoes together three times, saying, "'Take me home to Aunt M.' Instantly, she was whirling through the air, So swiftly that all she could see or feel was the wind whistling past her ears. The silver shoes took but three steps and then she stopped so suddenly that she rolled over upon the grass several times before she knew where she was. At length, however, she sat up and looked around her. Good gracious! she cried for she was sitting on the broad Kansas prairie, and just before her was the new farmhouse Uncle Henry built after the cyclone had carried away the old one. Uncle Henry was milking the cows in the barnyard, and Toto had jumped out of her arms and was running toward the barn, barking joyously. Dorothy stood up and found she was in her stocking feet for the silver shoes had fallen off in her flight through the air and were lost forever in the desert. Aunt Em had just come out of the house to water the cabbages when she looked up and saw Dorothy running toward her. "'My darling child!' she cried, folding the little girl in her arms and covering her face with kisses. "'Where in the world did you come from?' From the land of Oz, said Dorothy gravely. And here is Toto, too. And, oh, Aunt Em, I'm so glad to be home again. There's no place like home. The end. And that brings us to the end of our adventure. I hope you've enjoyed this story about the Land of Oz as much as I've enjoyed reading it to you. The author, L. Frank Baum, wrote 13 other stories about the Land of Oz. Maybe you might want to read one of them on your own someday. I hope you'll join me again in Aunt Blanche's Story Corner.